This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, golf fans. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino will be by at the bottom of hour one. He was a part of our TSN Plus coverage here in Canada, ESPN Plus. Down in the States for the Genesis Invitational. Mark's Florida adventure continues. I believe he is on the ground this week for PJ2 Radio at the Honda Classic. He uh, He's not back on Canadian soil for a very long time now, but he's enjoying life in uh, Florida. But Bob, good morning and happy family day, my friend. Yes, happy family day to all those who are celebrating and uh, getting a nice relaxing day off. It's only... It's weird. It's only in Ontario, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia. The rest of the, the rest of the country is back at work. So okay. if you're listening to us some outside of those one of those three provinces, you are uh, undoubtedly you should be get you should go back to work. I guess really, right? You're probably or, sitting. You can listen or, to us as you work. Yeah. yeah All good. Exactly. It's a. It's yeah. It's nice to have a nice to have a day off for uh, for most people. And you know, it's nice too that. We've been seeing some interesting temperatures in the GTA. When I was in Los Angeles last, I believe it was last Wednesday, it was warmer in Toronto than it was in LA. So things are happening. It was nine degrees Celsius yesterday. I was driving home from hosting Sports Center last night at about 12, 12.05 a.m. and it was eight degrees Celsius. It was like, what is going on? So Bob, does this mean golf season is just around the corner that we're not gonna get any more snow, right, right? Uh, yeah, except that I was looking down the uh, forecast for Friday, the uh, Friday and Saturday, next Friday and Saturday, the low is minus 17. Oh, boy. <laughs> so sorry to bring you down a little bit, but we're going to have some wacky weather. But it is, it is nice to tease us a little bit with some, some nice, at least it's sunny outside. That's yes. the first thing that's good. You know, at yes, least it's, sunny. Anyway, it won't be far away. It won't be far away. Golf season's getting close. We're uh, almost into the last week of February. And that, of course, means a whole bunch of things. The LPGA is back. Yep. Um, Liv is back, and we're off to Florida for the PGA Tour. That's right. It was a great West Coast swing on the PGA Tour. We'll discuss the Genesis Invitational. Lots to discuss about that. John Rom getting it done yet again. This guy is a machine right now. Tiger Woods back playing. He had a pretty solid week, a pretty successful week for the most part. We'll hear from Tiger Woods in just a couple minutes. Another top 10 for a Canadian on the PGA Tour. Adam Svensson continues to play some great golf. Also an hour two. We're going to hear from Matt Bovey from TaylorMade about their Stealth and Stealth HD Iron Line. Because, Bob, this week we are back on television with our TaylorMade product special. We shot this a couple weeks ago in San Diego, in California. And many people have reached out and asked me, will there be Albatross video in this show? Unfortunately, there's just not enough time. There's just not enough time for that. So what we'll have to do, we'll have to make another albatross at some point. We'll have to make sure the cameras are rolling. But it's a big week here for GTC, a big show today. Before we get to it, let's hit it with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. 
Okay, before we get to the Genesis Invitational and all that was this past weekend at Riviera, Bobby mentioned off the top there, Liv. Liv is back this week in Mexico, and since their season wrapped up, we've been hearing mumblings and rumors about uh, players who could be making their way over. There was all this talk about maybe they'd get another big name. Maybe Liv would recruit and sign another big name. But now it appears... The players that are going include Thomas Peters, Danny Lee, Brendan Steele. We heard rumors, of course, in weeks past, Sebastian Munoz and Mito Pereira. Of those five players, in your mind, which one moves the needle the most? Oof. Uh, I guess if you're a European tour player, it's probably, or a European golf fan, it's probably uh, Thomas Peters. He's the highest ranked, I think, of them all. Yep. And um, I didn't understand his logic. He sort of said he wanted to get into the Genesis. He was like, you know, ranked in the top 40 or whatever in the world. He couldn't get into Genesis. And so he's going to take his, uh, his golf bag and go over to live. I didn't quite figure that logic about doing that. But anyway, good for, I mean, I don't think either, any of those guys are really going to make anyone buy a ticket other than their respective families, I guess. But they are bona fide good players. Um, it rounds out the, the live starting lineups for their teams. It's going to be interesting to see the players who've moved over there and are not going to get starts uh, because there's going to be enough of them, right? I mean, these four guys go in or five guys go in and somebody else has got to sit, obviously. So I don't quite know how that process is going to work out, except that those guys are going to have to go and play on the Asian tour, I guess, the guys who are sitting out. So and I think there is maybe a qualifier at some you point wonder, for a couple of them, but it's a weird yeah, scenario. You, yeah, you wonder with Peters, too, if he was using this as like a recruiting thing because early last week he said Riviera is his favorite course in the world and how he couldn't get in at 34 in the world. So, I mean, a number of scenarios could have happened. Maybe Greg Norman had him on speed dial and called him up right away or, or he told him before that because he knew he was going to live and said, Hey, I'm just going to put this out there. Just going to stir the pot a little bit. And that sort of thing happened. But I mean, Peter's, he was a successful Ryder Cup player. He partnered with Rory McIlroy very well. He was one of the lone bright spots back in 2016. And uh, this is, uh, he's, he has a bright future, I would say, anyway, uh, as, as a big guy who hits it a very long way. But, Bob, as you spoke about in a little essay that you did for SportsCenter right after the live initial season ended, they have to find a way to, you know, make it not about money and make it about, golf and you wonder how on earth live is going to do that with their new season underway i wonder how and what strategies they are going to put into place to say you know it doesn't matter that this guy's making x million dollars let's talk about some of the moments that hope that they are hoping will happen on the golf course this year i i think having a tv contract with uh it's with the cw network we're not quite you know it's got a decent penetration i think you can that'll help a little bit at least in the united states it's still very limited broadcast area in Canada. I understand there's no broadcast right at the current moment in Australia. There's a lot of, a lot of holes in their worldwide broadcast uh, network where people just simply can't see it. So that's one of the bigger problems, that, but they've, they've sort of made headway with their uh, CW network in the States, which should help a little bit. But you're right, it's got to be it's got to be more about the golf and less about uh, how much they're playing for, how much they're winning, how much they're getting paid, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be hard because uh, for the next probably three or four months, five months, maybe you're going to see nothing but the uh, probably about the, the except for the, the legal stuff that's going on in uh, various courtrooms. So 
that's going to distract from their actual play as well. So we'll see. We'll see. It all gets underway on Friday in Mexico, and I'm sure we'll have more on live on our Wednesday show right here on TSN 1050. Uh, some sad news to pass along your way. The pass, uh, the uh, passing of John Paramore, uh, who was a very well-respected rules official, uh, 67 years old, and you could tell Bob when many of the players were asked about Paramore after uh, he passed away. There was, you know, there's a ton of respect for. Uh, John Paramore and many players also were wearing a black ribbon at the Genesis Invitational. He he was sort of a fixture, and uh, I got to yeah, I got to talk to him a number of times over the years. Very funny guy, uh, just loved his job. He was he was sort of the rules official uh, out there, and and um, he was at major championships as well as at the DP World Tour, and always kind of a an authority on <laughs> what what was uh, needed to be done in terms of rules. So he will be missed for sure. Um, big guy, fun guy. I don't know. It's uh, as you can say. There's there's obviously a lot of respect for him from the players out there, and I don't think too many people um, doubted when he gave a ruling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, rules are always spoken about, especially when uh, certain players are, are are on the golf course and maybe trying some uh, some uh, shenanigans, if you will. But John Paramore is a, a very well respected rules official, and uh, may he rest in peace okay one of the players that who was asked about john paramore and didn't know about his passing until he was asked about he didn't he wasn't aware of it before was tiger woods and as tiger does and in this new era i guess of you know social media or it's not new era of social media but recent era of social media when tiger announces he's going to play he puts a little tweet out there and the internet just simply explodes and when we were speaking about tiger on our shows last week there was an unknown. I mean, when Tiger played last year, he said he, he could hit all the shots. He just couldn't walk. And but when he spoke at his pre-tournament press conference on Tuesday, he said, you know, things have improved and he was there to win. I mean, but what he did was pretty spectacular, I think, to make the weekend to have two pretty standout rounds on Thursday and Saturday, uh, eventually finishing eventually making the cut on the number, having a good weekend, finishing two under overall for the final two rounds. From what you saw, Bob, were you expecting anything different? Not to take a, a line there from Dan Hicks, but were you? Uh, what were your overall thoughts on Tiger Woods from this past week? Uh, I thought it was very positive. I thought he walked, got around the golf course pretty well, didn't seem to be limping. You know, he admitted that there was some pain, obviously, at the end of the day, and I think he got good treatment and good, good therapy from his handlers. To allow him to play, he, I thought he hit a lot of good shots, uh, but he hit a lot of really bad shots as well. A lot of them with the putter, and it's sort of a rust factor for me. And I don't know again how you sort of shake that off if you're only going to play four times a year or six times a year, whatever it's going to be. It's you know you're always going to have that competitive rust which you can't shake away. Now, listen, he's first tournament in whatever six seven months, and uh, he finishes 45th in one of the deepest fields in the game. It's pretty remarkable when you think about that. Uh, when you put it into some perspective, and that round on Saturday was really nice. I think he only, I think, I think I saw of the top 25 players in the field, only one player had a better score than than Tiger did that day. So, um, you know, he's still got lots of game. He's still got lots of talent. Whether it's enough to win, I'm not sure. 
And that player you mentioned was John Rahm, who shot 65 on Saturday, and he made that was like the easiest looking 65 I think I've ever seen. But for Tiger, it was a, a very successful week to, to play four rounds. Before we discuss Tiger further, let's hear Tiger's perspective on the week that was on the golf course. Well, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I, I hit the ball like I did at home. You know, I've, I've, I've been hitting it like this at home, and, uh, but it's, it's different come tournament time. It's the adrenaline. It's trying to get in the feels of numbers. Um, if you miss a shot one, one day here and there, or, you know, you just drop another ball and hit it, um, it's a little different being able to have to uh, put a number on a scorecard. Uh, it's, it's just different, and, uh, yeah, you know, I miss being able to, to go out there and, and grind it, but I, so I, I loved it. The one thing that was or one of the things that was getting a lot of play on social media and during the broadcast was the speed that Tiger was generating and the, the distance he was hitting shots and really only hitting one shot off the tee and that was a bleeder cut. And what I found totally fascinating, Bob, and this is just going into golf nerddom here, was how he is t generating speed in a totally different way because he can't push off the ground you know you look at you look at rory and rory is not a tall man rory's five eight probably on a good day but the way he uses the ground as force and pivots into it if tiger did that he would fall over and now he is generating speed using his core how impressive is this for tiger i mean he's played golf forever he's he obviously knows the game incredibly well, but and we've seen him try these all these different swings throughout the years with coaches. But now it seems like he's doing this on his own and you know simply using his core. How impressive is this to see this much speed for a guy who's essentially playing on one and a half legs and a and a few spine? Yeah, I mean he was uh, he was driving it the first two days up with and oftentimes past Rory and Justin Thomas. As you said, he's hitting that kind of uh, that kind of low fade that get, gets a lot more run than maybe some of the other guys would because of the, the, uh, the elevation that it, it doesn't, or, you know, it's a low elevation shot, but it works for him. He puts it in the fairway and he's able to play with it. And I think you're right. I think the, um, the impressive part is that, that, that back foot just cannot give any kind of torque to him or any push off of it. So he's basically using it with his core. He's using it off the front foot a little bit. And it's amazing to see that he's how far he's up there and how, uh, how much speed he generates doing it through that method. It might be something that a lot of other people might start looking at. I don't know about you, Bob, but I was trying to dial in some core exercises throughout the weekend to watch him. <laughs> not actually, I actually wasn't doing that too much, but it was it's so much fun to see Tiger back in action. But now the big question is, when will we see Tiger next? Because this playing Genesis was, we thought maybe he'd do it, but now after walking for five days consecutively, because he did play the Pro-Am too, the thought is, when will we see Tiger next? So let's ask the man himself, Tiger, when do you think you'll be playing competitive golf next? I'm, I'm only going to play, you know, I said that last year, I'm only going to play in, in the majors and maybe a few more. Um, that's all my body will allow me to do anymore. Um, my, with my back and the way my leg is and I, I just can't um, as much as I would like to play more and um, or people want me to play more uh, I, I just I just won't be able to do that anymore so that's that's my reality so um, last year I wanted to play all four um, I got three of the four in um, hopefully this year I, I can make it a four for four so from that Bob do you think we see Tiger tee it up at TPC Sawgrass um 
I don't know if I got it out of that, but I still I do think he will play. I think he'll play yeah. because he got it around four rounds. Didn't look like he was in any real agony, <clears throat> even walking up the stairs at the end of the day, the 52 steps up to the clubhouse. I think, I think he's going to show up there because I, I think he realizes that that's a, as close to a major, and it's also the PGA Tour's big marquee event, and I think they need their main man there to, to, uh, to heighten things up for them as they go on with this, this back and forth with Liv. So I suspect you'll see him there. Well, and the one thing before we go to break here that I'm curious to see and, and hope, hoping as both uh, someone who covers the game and as, as a fan of the game is that whether it's TPC Sawgrass, whether it's Bay Hill, whether it's Augusta the next time we see Tiger play, I'm open for warm weather because it, standing in L.A. last week like I was, it, it was not warm. It was cold, and guys were wearing layers on layers and layers. And from my perspective, I, I just want to see what Tiger can do when it's in the mid-70s in Fahrenheit, when it's over 22 degrees Celsius, because whether you've had your spine fused or you haven't or you're playing on two legs or one and a half legs like Tiger is, when it's warmer outside, you're just going to move better. So... Bob, you wonder if from the glimpses we saw from Tiger this past week, he's currently 36 to 1 to win on FanDuel to win the Masters, which might be a stretch, some would say. If he does show up and it's warm at the Masters, what do you think? I mean, we spoke about on our year in review shows last year, you know, maybe he'd be in the hunt in some way, shape or form. Do you think at some point in the tournament we could see Tiger sniffing atop the leaderboard? I think he'll be competitive if everything goes right. I don't think he can win. I'm sorry. He's yeah. and it's I don't mean that in a mean way, but he's 47 years old. He's going against Do you think he can beat John Rahm? You know, I just don't think don't if John Rahm now. plays that way. Do you think he can beat Rory McIlroy at his best, Scotty Scheffler? There's you know his his best before date unfortunately has passed now uh, you know i've been proven so he's proven me wrong time and time and time again over my career so it wouldn't shock me if he did it but i think he can get himself kind of in the conversation but i just don't think he's got enough horsepower left in the tank to to make it make a win and you mentioned everything happening right for tiger woods <laughs> and you think back to that 2019 masters that final round what are the chances that four of the guys sniffing the top of the leaderboard all hit it into the water on the 12th hole at Augusta National? You mentioned everything going right for him. He he was there. He hit the right shots when he needed to. He won that Masters in historic fashion, and we're looking forward to seeing Tiger tee it up, hopefully again very soon. We'll have much more on Tiger Woods with Mark Zucchino, who called a lot of Tiger's shots on TSM Plus this past week but coming up on the other side we're going to discuss john rom and the vintage tiger-esque run rom is on right now we'll hear from rom after the break this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc was presented by taylor made and the all-new stealth 2 stealth 2 plus and stealth 2 hd carbon woods designed with more carbon for more forgiveness This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. 
Welcome back inside GTC, Scully and Weeks around the table. Zakino joining us in just under 10 minutes time to discuss John Rahm. And John Rahm is playing some remarkable golf right now. His fifth win in his last nine worldwide starts. Already his third victory of the PGA Tour season. This guy is just on another planet right now before we discuss john rom and give our perspective let's hear rom after getting it done at the genesis invitational i could explain exhaustion right now because uh, that was a tough week and uh and a tough sunday you know max battled out there and and patrick kind of gave us a scare and uh, i'm just glad i could come through at the end but beating Sevi, i know he didn't play full-time pj tour and i know five of those wins are majors but still to to reach a milestone of double digit wins is is pretty incredible and uh to do it at a at a golf course with this legacy this history and hosted by the man himself tiger woods is it's it's a true honor i can't really explain it he's been so much fun to watch throughout the season and i mentioned this in in the previous segment it seemed like at times rom didn't have his a game this week and you know, he got some breaks, Bob, for sure. Second round, 17th hole. He's hitting a second shot that's going miles right. Hits the grandstand, bounces back. He taps in for eagle. I mean, that that's just what when, when the golf gods are on your side, they're on your side. But from what you've seen, what has impressed you most about John Rahm early here in 2023? Man, he is... Uh, remember the, the old mad John who used to get upset at himself and slam clubs and, you know, get really... <clears throat> kind of down on himself after a bad shot or after missing a hole or something. To me, that guy has now channeled all that stuff into a positive part of his game, and he is just so determined. And it, it's like he wills shots into the hole. And and you saw that uh, a number of times yesterday on just very important parts of the game, uh, parts of the round. He seems to become to be able to rise to it. It's sort of like Tiger. I, you know, I think of a. A couple of putts, I think it was 14 and 15. 14, he sunk a really long birdie putt. And it was just like dead center from about 25 feet. And then the next hole, he struggles a bit. And he, he ends up, you know, with about a seven-footer for par. The ones he has to make, he makes. And he wasn't, you know, if you look at some of his stats over the weekend, the one thing that's pretty glaring about it was he, um, he is, I'm just going to pull it up here, he was negative strokes for the week in around the green, strokes gain around the green. So that means his putter had to be working overtime, I think, to make up for the deficiencies of his, of his short game. Not that his short game was horrible by any means, but there were some glaring parts of it. But the rest of his game is just bulletproof right now. He's just so good with every club in his bag. He really is. And, you know, you mentioned some of his stats from the Genesis Invitational. First in strokes gain approach to green for the week. Third in strokes gain tee to green. Yeah, 39th in strokes gain around the green driving accuracy 63rd so this is a guy who was not hitting a ton of fairways but hitting it in the right spots and i mean now he is the overwhelming favorite at augusta national seven to one at last check you wonder i mean we had this conversation last week you mark and i that at some point fatigue has to set in right and these guys, a lot of the guys are not playing this coming week to kick off the Florida swing at the Honda Classic. You wonder for, for John Rahm how he keeps this momentum going because obviously he has the big events circled on his calendar 
And I mean, we've seen some of the, the new length at, at Augusta National. You wonder how that will help set up for Rom, who maybe isn't driving it the best, but is doing everything else pretty much bulletproof. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long you can ride this this train. I mean, you look at um, other players who've been in in that recent sort of hot streak for a while, like Rory. I mean, I know we'll get into Rory maybe a little bit later, but mm-hmm. he seems to be sort of falling off a little bit after going on a really nice run. Uh, John Rom doesn't. He seems to be just keep continuing on with it. Now I don't know if he's you know how, how long how many more he's going to play before. Augusta National, you have to think he's going to play the players, obviously, and he'll probably play one or two more. Arnold Palmer, uh, the elevated ones. But if he's able to kind of keep this streak going, look out. This could be a VJ Singh-like year. With He's already got three wins. We're not even out of February yet, so it could be something spectacular. I think it's difficult to keep that going just because of the demands that are going to be put on his time and the, uh, uh, the requests, and the, he's going to get pulled this way and pulled that way, especially in the lead-up to Augusta National. But... Um, he's a, he's a smart guy. He's a big guy. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. He's been so much fun to watch so far and he's already made over $9 million on the PGA tour. He's played some great golf and I'm sure we'll see a lot of Rombo near the top of the leaderboard throughout the rest of the golf season. Okay. On the other side, we're going to discuss John Rom. We're going to discuss Tiger Woods. We'll probably also discuss Rory McIlroy, all that much more with Mark Sacchino, who will join us after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. And now joining us on the phone is Mark Sacchino, who was a part of the TSN Plus coverage of the Genesis Invitational, ESPN Plus, for our friends in the South, of course. And Mark now joins us on the line. Mark, welcome to the show. Where are you right now? I am just about to change uh, hotel accommodations (laughs) for a couple of days here in Florida and make a move. And I'm going to be working the Honda Classic for PGA Tour Live as well. And then on the ground for PGA Tour Radio for the Arnold Palmer and the Players' Championship, where I'll be hooking up with Bob at the Players because we're doing Golf Talk Canada on location. So, Adam, it's like, you know, it's like literally like 900 things in the air trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be and what bag I'm supposed to be packing. Sooner or later, I'm going to show up with a Golf Talk Canada shirt on PGA Tour Live. It's just a matter of time before I screw up the packing. Right. And, you know, I'm sure you were up at probably five this morning for your four mile run, you know, just getting ready for for the the big day ahead. No, Uh, it's uh... (laughs) now, Mark, Mark, do you want to start with John Rahm or Tiger Woods? Um, Well, let's start with Tiger, because because for me, that was kind of I was, you know, part of that Tiger coverage all week. That was really the main assignment for me. I was working uh, uh, main feed coverage and then featured whole coverage with my analyst was uh, Johnson Wagner uh, this week. And um, 
I, you know what? It's every once in a while, you know, you get in the wheel, right, guys? Like, Adam, you, you've had a, a career highlight this year uh, by, by joining the Sports Center team. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, you grew up watching Sports Center and always wanted to have, you know, and just to be there hosting Sports Center was like a, a moment for you where you kind of mm-hmm. stop and look back and go, hold on, you know, what just happened here? What happened in the last 10 years of just, you know, to arrive at this point? And um, obviously, Bob has a, has a full career of that, of those types of moments and highlights. And for me, I, you know, I didn't realize, you know, until afterwards or, or really in that moment in time, for me, I, I, having one Thursday, uh, and again, I'm, I'm almost happy I didn't realize this before going into it because, uh, you know, maybe I would have had some nerves or would have treated the moment differently, but you know, at that at that time Thursday morning when Tiger's hitting that opening tee shot uh, and his return to the PGA Tour, the only place on the planet, the only place on the planet you could watch that was ESPN Plus, uh, TSN Plus, uh, PGA Tour live coverage, and and to be able to to host that and welcome him back to the PGA Tour and kind of be a part of the moment and be the voice on top of that moment. That, to me, that stuff's normally reserved for, for people well above my pay grade. That those types of moments are reserved for, you know, guys like Jim Nance and things like that. Not not for me. So to to have that moment uh, was um, was like wow. I, so it was it was a little um, it was it was a little overwhelming to, to say the least. And I'm glad uh, I didn't have time to think about that. I didn't. I'm glad they didn't say, "Hey, Mark, on Monday." Can we talk to you for a minute? Because it would have been a few sleepless nights to get to that Thursday tee shot. It's uh, it is a great privilege that that we get to you know to be the deliverer of news, whatever it is, whether it's live or whether it's afterwards on this show or whatever to to golf fans. And it's kind of a neat and it's it's hard not to sort of be a fan of of what you're watching, right? I mean, we're supposed to be sort of. Uh, objective about everything that's going on, but man, when you see a legend like Tiger Woods there, as you did uh, very well, Mark, go over the uh, the course of the week, it was uh, it's pretty spectacular. And, and so, so give us your your thoughts on what you saw, and where you think his game is, and where you think we'll see him next. Well, you know, I guess we take this day at a time. You know, Thursday it looked like he was having such a good time. I thought the energy in that group and how happy he was to be back out on the PGA Tour and just you forget the guys that have that kind of competitive nature their entire life. They, this is all they know, and and they miss this. And to be out there with Rory and, and Justin, I mean, I thought they had an, an absolute blast. Uh, some of the iron play on Friday, I, I said to J- Johnson Wagner, I said, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but there, you know, you could make an argument with some of the whole, some of the ways he, he accessed holes that other players were having a hard time getting close to. Friday, 14 downwind, closest of the day. 16 downwind, closest of the day. Comes back in on 17 to par five, finds the uh, fairway bunker, forced to lay up. Back right hole location. I mean, no one's accessing that hole location unless they left themselves a hundred yard little wedge in there. He's got 179 in that back right hole location. He flights it down after flighting it up all day and hits it into the three feet, knocks in for birdie. And I said, you know, you can make an argument. He's still the best iron player in the world. And, and to even suggest that is absolutely ridiculous after the journey that he's been through and, and that we've watched with him. So 
Um, again, iron play on point. Ball speed was ridiculous. We saw we saw ball speeds over 180 miles an hour. We saw chip shot drivers at 173 miles an hour. Squeeze fades, all the shots. Again, I think it really goes back to competitive rust. Obviously, especially with the putter trying to find, you know, he struggled all week with his eye eye position, uh, you know, too too over too much over the ball. And then by the time we got to Saturday Sunday, he had his eyes in a more comfortable spot. But that's competitive rust, and obviously it was laboring to me. I thought on Sunday he looked like it was a really it was a long week. I thought on Sunday it looked to me like he was having a hard time getting around. His energy levels were, were different. It looked to me like he was not playing a four-day four golf tournament. He was playing a 40-day golf tournament by the time we got to Sunday. And it's really funny because if you had to ask me Saturday if Tiger Woods was going to play the Players' Championship, I would have said 100%. I mean, look at the way he's playing. Look at the way he's hitting the golf ball. Look at the energy levels. Especially he had 22 hours of recoup time from Friday to Saturday. You saw the difference in him on Saturday when he was able to have 22 hours to get ready for a round instead of the quick turnaround between Thursday and Friday. And now watching him on Sunday and just seeing the way how much work it was for him, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see him at the players. I really hope we do. But uh, for me, I mean, it, it was um, – it was a night and day difference in just energy, attitude uh, from from one day to the next, and, uh, and now we'll wait and see. Well, Mark, you know we love to. I love to discuss the the nitty gritty of golf swings with you, and really get into the specifics about why guys are doing what they're doing. And Tiger had some very interesting comments about how he is now generating speed and how he can't push off the ground anymore and how he's really using his core. Have you heard of this before, of someone doing it this way? And, and in your mind, how different does his swing look now versus, you know, late in 2019 when he was playing on that President's Cup team? Yeah, we took a, a really deep dive into this, actually, in some of our dead moments in coverage uh, for four days. We, you know, we were waiting to, you know, to flip over marquee group and feature group. There are some holes and times where you have the opportunity to get into this stuff. And we actually use Rory McIlroy as an example because, you know, Rory uses rotational speed, which is what Tiger's talking about with his core, rotational speed, and and using the ground simultaneously probably better than any human being on the planet. And if you watch Rory, he gets into that low squat and his thighs, you know, look like the incredible Hulk, like they're going to rip out of his jean shorts, you know? And at the same time, he's got that amazing rotational speed that Tiger's talking about. And that's maybe why a guy of, of Rory's size, not the biggest guy in the world, was hitting 183 miles per hour ball speed all week. Like, it was crazy. I mean, uh, the legs that he's driving it's just shocking. And in your practice, he's exceeding 190 miles per hour ball speed if you put him on a range. And again, not the biggest guy in the world. And, and you know, what Tiger is talking about there is interesting because obviously now with this injury, even though it's his back right leg, that's still part of it. If it was his left leg, guys, I think, you know, the three of us have chatted over the, the last 12 months or so. If it was his left leg, there's no way he'd be playing golf right now. You you just can't do that to your leg and then post up on the left side. It's not going to happen. But even though with that back leg, it, it prevents him from getting into that squat and using the ground as leverage to create speed. So he's got to use rotational speed. And 
And also, don't forget, there's hand speed and some leverage going on here, pulling from the top down, because, you know, Tiger, not the tallest, but certainly on the taller side, you know, or definitely taller than Rory and whatnot. But that rotational speed is what he's talking about. And it's interesting to me that he's still able to do this after all the back surgeries. And, and he mentioned there's only so far he can go with it. And so, and you know, really, I like to use the word violent because when you're swinging a golf club at, at that type of speed, it is a violent motion. And it does do things to bones and knees and, and all these parts of your body. Um, so even though that's his his core strength, that rotational speed that he's talking about is his key to, to having 180 mile per hour ball speed right now. There's only so far he can push it after, you know, I don't even, was it we four back surgeries now or something along those lines. So, I mean, it's a lot of moving parts with Tiger and patching Humpty Dumpty back together again to get him to the next golf tournament and to get him to be able to hit the speeds that uh, he's hitting. And, you know, guys, one could only wonder, one could only wonder if he, had a different training regimen over the years, and he didn't go through three swing changes and had to just left the swing alone, the swing that he had in the early 2000s, which is really just a shorter version of the swing he was born with. You know, Butch really didn't do much change to Tiger's swings. Let's just tighten this up from 150 yards in and, and dance with who brought us to the ball. I wonder, you know, what his ball speeds and what his health would be like today. I mean... If he can do this on a broken body with 180 mile per hour ball speed, could you imagine what the numbers would look like all these years later if we were still talking about the same swing from 2000, 2001, 2002? I mean, it'd be crazy. Well, as my grandmother used to say, ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry <laughs> Christmas. But um, <laughs> the let's let's switch over to Johnny Rom and and uh, what what your impressions of him are like because I just think this guy is firing on all cylinders and even when he's not when all parts of his game aren't working he's able to shore it up with the parts that are working so when his wedge play like he lost strokes to the field for the week with his wedge play but his putter was so dynamic that kind of made that and he hit a lot of greens hit a ton of greens so he didn't have to worry about doing a lot of chipping but what did you take away from John's game well Bob are we at the point now are we at the point now where John Rahm doesn't need his A game to win? Because that's what it's starting to feel like for me. Like, if he brings his A game or his A-plus game, I kind of feel like he's going to win by six or seven. And I don't necessarily think, to your point, that that was his A game. There, there were holes in his game all week, just like there were the last few weeks when he was in, intention, uh, in contention at Farmers, at Waste Management. I mean, he's in the final group now. It feels like almost every single Monday, and it feels like he doesn't have his A game and he's in the final group. You know, the A game was the Sunday at the Century when he squash. You know, he squashes a, a seven-shot deficit. That that's the A game. You go go watch him at the final round of the Century Tournament Champions. He just, you know, yes, Morikawa had to give him a few and open the door, but I mean. He had to. He, he he didn't just walk through the door. He 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 kicked the door wide open with it with his A game at, at Century, and I'm starting to get the feeling like you know, to your point, you know, he doesn't have his wedges. Okay, so we're just going to bury one from the back of the 16th green from off the fringe and just jam it in the front door. By the way, a putt that nobody was making all day from the back edge on 16. No one read that right, and no one had the guts to hit it with the speed you had to hit it to hold its line to go in. Every single we putt, putt we pretty much saw from the back of the edge of the green there at, uh, was it 16 or 14? I, 14. I, one of the part 
Thank you. Everything was dying a slow death underneath the hole on the right because it's just one of those lag it up, get out of their putts. Not him, right? So, I mean, I think, Bob, you're bang on. I think that if there's a deficiency, if there's a hole, another part of his game makes up for it. He's going to contend each week with his B game, likely be able to hang around with his C game. He's going to win a few events with his B game. The last time we had this conversation, the first name was Tiger. Uh, the last time we said somebody could win with their B game. Uh, and now here we are. And we, again, we got to be careful. Greatest thing we've seen, the last thing we've seen. But look at the numbers. Numbers are crazy. He doesn't finish outside the top 10. He rarely doesn't play in the last two groups. Uh, this is maybe not putting enough weight in. This is what John Rom looks like with a chip on his shoulder. You know, this is a guy who's like, hold on, I'm the number one player in the world. I don't care what those standings look like. No, 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 no. I'm the best player on the PGA Tour. I'm the face of this tour. Not, not Rory, not Scotty, not Max. And I think this is a little bit of that Spanish chip that we've seen on all the greatest Spanish players, you know. Um, it's from Seve right through to Sergio. They, 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 they tend to play better when they're a little angry at the world. And uh, John Rahm has a, has a neat ability to turn that off and become a great family man and a nice guy off the golf course. And when he needs to get inside the ropes, he can hit that switch and just be that angry bull. And that's kind of what this looks like. It certainly does. And now five wins in his last nine worldwide starts for John Rahm. Mark, on the, at the start of Hour 2, we're going to discuss some of the other notables who came up just short because there were many. But I know you're a very busy man. You're a traveling man. Uh, safe travels this week. We'll, we'll chat for our TSN Edge picks. Also, our TV debut this week, our tailor-made product special. And then the three of us will all be back for TV next week where we'll preview what's to come on the pga tour and so much more mark safe travels today we'll talk to you soon my friend thanks guys and wednesday i'll talk to you wednesday yes we will talk to you wednesday 10 a.m on tsn 1050 when we are back on here on tsn 1050 on the other side i want to ask bob about riviera because it got some play on the socials, whether you like the 10th hole, whether you don't like the 10th hole, it's a fascinating hole. We'll discuss the 10th hole at Riv and much more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up hour one here on GTC, the front side, Scully and Weeks here. We're discussing the Genesis Invitational. Kickoff hour two will recap some of the notables who came up just short behind John Rahm, including Max Homa, who was very emotional after finishing in second place at Riviera. But Riviera got a lot of play online where some love the setup, some didn't love the setup, and more specifically, the 10th hole, which is known as one of the more famous short par fours in the game today. And 
Bob, given what you saw this past week, what do you think of the temple at Riv? I'm becoming less and less a fan of it. Um, and I'm not sure if that, I think that just started this year. I used to kind of love it. And I, now I'm sort of questioning whether or not it's that. And maybe it's because some other people are thinking sort of the same way I am. We heard Rory talking about it. Maybe it's not such a great hole. It's an it's it sort of comes down to whether or not you think it's strategic or you think it's um, not well designed and, and it's been played this way for forever right I mean they haven't really moved any tees around they haven't changed much of the hole over the years so but I I, I do think it's a uh, it's a bit of an awkward hole I'm not sure what do you think I, I'm having a hard time kind of whether I like it or not to be honest uh, with you me. know what I, I'm the same way we saw you know Tiger laid up three of the days, I believe. And, you know, he was playing with Terrell Hatton on Sunday and he went for the green, his ball ended up in a tree. And, you know, Terrell Hatton, sometimes he can have a bit of a quick temper and wit and he didn't exactly love that. But having, I, I stood on that tee. I hadn't been at Riviera before last Wednesday and I stood on that tee. And visually it is so intimidating because it really looks like there's nowhere to hit it. And you think generally short par fours are meant to be risk reward. But if you hit it on the wrong side of the hole, like you're basically chipping it into a bunker. You're chipping it to the front of a green and trying to lag putt where you could easily putt a ball into the bunker. And from that case, I, I wonder if it's A, too short, or B, they just have to make the green wider. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I, I think if they could make the green a little bit wider, it would be better. Really, your driving area is a very small little area where you can land it, but... Anyway, that's, that's something that we'll have to debate uh, every time of this tournament gets held there. Absolutely. It was still uh, it was a great tournament overall, and I love so many of the, those holes on that golf course. The elevation changes, which are subtle, but seeing them in person, there are some shots that are way more uphill, including that 18th hole, which is virtually blind off the tee, and you're hitting, you're hitting it essentially at a tower and moving it uh, around. Uh, on the other side, we'll kick off hour two, discussing some of the notables. Also in hour two, we'll hear from Matt Bovee from TaylorMade, and we'll have winners weird and what. All that and so much more coming up in hour two, right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2. The back nine here on GTC, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks here around the table discussing, recapping the Genesis Invitational, another designated event on the PGA Tour. And Bob, before we discuss some of the notables who came up short, 
these designated events so far, you've got to think this is exactly what the PGA Tour had in mind when you see the top guys in the world competing for titles like this. And we've you know seen it for back-to-back weeks. Yeah, the leaderboards are pretty good. They're uh, basically full of guys who are everyone knows, everyone recognizes. And there's a few other ones that sneak in there here and there as well, but it's, uh, it's pretty good and the paydays are good. The, uh, the only thing is the fallout of the non-elevated events or designated events. This week's field at, uh, at the Honda is just abysmal, really. There's, there's guys, I, I mean, I look, just looked at it during the break and there's guys in there that I don't even know who they are. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting week. But, but listen, somebody's going to win. Maybe it'll be a Canadian. Maybe it'll be you know someone we who will start their career with a victory. So there's always a winner. But yes, the designated events are something something to watch. Certainly something to watch. And you mentioned Canadians there. We'll, we'll let's talk about the Canadian story first. The Genesis Adam Svensson, who we we had some fun last week talking about what his pre-tournament odds were on FanDuel before going into the Genesis Invitational. They were. Only 340 to 1. So if he had gone on to win and you had listened to our show last week, you would have become a very rich human being. But for Adam Svensson, he's had, you know, obviously goes on wins the RSM Classic. And since then, haven't seen much in terms of good finishes. But what can a week like this do for his confidence going forward? Oh, I think he could do lots. I mean, he, he played in, uh, I think it was the second last group of the day. Uh, he's up there with all the, uh, the bigger players. You know, you get into that crowd, and it, sometimes it can be, if you haven't been there before, it can be a tough thing to manage. And you can go back and look at all the top players who kind of work their way in. I remember Mike Weir playing in the uh, PGA Championship uh, in 1999 and having to deal with Tiger's crowd in the last group on, on Sunday. So just little things like that that can reassure you of how you how you handle yourself in those situations, um, I think for Adam Svensson, there's still um, there's still a lot a lot of learning to do. But I but I love the way his game is right now. I love the way he just seems to really enjoy playing golf. He wants to get out there. You can almost see him running to the next shot to hit the next shot. And his his game is really solid right now. That's a another top ten for him. And I think I had a stat. Well, I do. I had a stat that. And the 14 tournaments on the PGA Tour so far this year, we've had Canadians finish in the top 10 in eight of them. So that includes Adam Svensson's wins. So uh, he, could, he could have a really nice, solid year. He's already started off with a great bang, and that was a good finish for him to finish T9 at, uh, at Riv. Certainly was. Finishing T9 and three rounds under par, one round even par. Adam Svensson, another good week. And speaking of good weeks, that's where we're going next with Max Homa who finished in second place. He finished two shots off of John Rahm, rounds of 64, 68, 69, 68 for Max Holma. And this was a home game for Max. He's around the area. Before we discuss Homa's performance, let's hear from a very uh, emotional Homa shortly after stepping off the 18th green. It hurts me not to, when I won in 21, nobody was here, you know, and it hurts me not to be able to do that with everyone here, my family and friends. But um, I tried, man. Sorry, this tournament just means a lot to me, so it's like an emotional release. Um, but yeah, the, the support I get here is so cool, so... I'm going to win it again uh, and be able to do it in front of all these people. So, yeah, that's that. 
I love that from Matt, from Max Homa. You know, there's so many reasons to, to love him. Obviously, he gets all this play on social media for being the super funny, honest guy who makes fun of people's swings. But now he's a cold heart killer on the golf course. He goes out and wins on the PGA Tour. And there's a lot of great discussions that I've seen where, you know, he's now in the top 10 in the official world golf ranking. But you think of Rom, you think of Rory, who we'll get to shortly, you think of Scotty Scheffler. And Max Homa, to me, that's the big four right now. Bob, do you agree or disagree? Uh, he's certainly up there right now. He's certainly moved from a guy who was a middle-of-the-pack kind of guy, who was, as you said, more known for his social media posts than anything else. But now you're right. He's a legitimate winner out there. I mean, he's you can see how much it means to him, certainly that tournament as well. But I think every week now he's becoming um, a threat. Look at him with the President's Cup last year. I mean, he was, you know, he's taken that big step from sort of middle of the pack to top top of the uh, the heap with those guys you just mentioned. Is he top four yet? Yeah, probably pretty close if he's not. I think I'd like to see him win a major or get close in contention in a major and see if we can put that through. That would, to me, be uh, be a real big stepping stone. Yeah, his performances at the majors haven't been up to par. Only one career top 20 finish at a major championship but a lot of people myself included have circled LACC where the US Open is taking place this year which is 10 to 15 kilometers away from Riviera where Max Homa had the course record I don't think he has it anymore but he certainly set it for a brief amount of time at LA uh, LACC so looking forward to seeing Max Homa keep going and keep playing this good golf and there's there's a cool story where us in Canada will remember when Taylor Pendrith and Corey Connors were playing together at the President's Cup and they get to the 18th hole. Uh, the U.S. was one up. They were taking on Max Homa and I believe Billy, yeah, it was Billy Horschel. And Pen they both had putts of inside 10 feet and Taylor Pendrith had the putt first for the international or Canadian side for, for our sake. And Joel Greiner went over to Max Homa and said, we want him to make this putt to have our moment and Pendrith rolls it in. And when Homa struck his putt, he was yelling in celebration when the ball was a foot out. You could hear him on the broadcast go nuts. So you think that a, a week like that where he had a chip on his shoulder that week making that President's Cup team, he had won the Fortinet Cup uh, the week before on the PGA Tour after Danny Willett had a bit of an incident from, uh, from four feet where he three wiggled. And Max Homa goes out and he said, you know what, I had a chip on my shoulder because all these live players who went over weren't eligible. They didn't think I should be on this team and whammy, this is what I do. So good for Max Homa for getting it done. Another player who was on that President's Cup team who also had a good week was Mr. Patrick Cantlay, who very quietly finished in third place. Before we discuss Cantlay a little bit, let's hear from Patrick Cantlay. I thought I played steady. Uh, nothing too great. Obviously, a couple bogeys in the middle of that back nine kind of uh, thwarted any chance I had. But, um, you know, I was happy with how I played this week. I played really solid. Just didn't um, ever get really hot with the putter. Uh, I didn't really make enough birdies. How much confidence are you going to take from a week like this heading into continuing this big stretch of golf? Yeah, there's a lot of big tournaments coming up. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, really all the big events that we have. And I'm playing really well. Um, it's been a little while since I've been back home to, to Jupiter, and so I'm looking forward to getting home and, and getting dialed in. 
a good week for Patrick Cantley finishing in third place. And this is a guy, you know, he wins the FedEx Cup a couple of years ago. But in major championships, Bob, he's pretty much been MIA. I mean, last in the last three seasons, he's only had one top 10 finish at a major championship. What's your outlook here for Cantlay? He's one of a handful of players, obviously playing some good golf. But what do you think he has to do to you know take the next step and get in the mix again at a major championship? Uh, I think it, it, he sort of said it right there is basically he's just got to get that putter a little warmed up. And, and the rest of his game is, is pretty solid. I think he's, um, I mean, he's, a, he's not a, a terrible putter by any means, but he, he seems to be get, get hot and cold with it. And I think that uh, that's, that's all, always going to be the key to winning major championships is who putts the best in a lot of cases. And I think that, I think that Patrick Cantley has the stuff to be a major champion. I think it's surprising that he hasn't really um, shown his best stuff when it comes when it matters. Maybe that's the key: is he sort of has to time things better. I know it's not easier said than done, obviously, but if he could ever bring that game that we've seen uh, this week was a good example of it, and bring it to Augusta or bring it to the LA Country Club or wherever you you know Liverpool, the the Open Championship or Rochester, it's uh, I, I think that he'd have no problem contending and perhaps winning a major. Well, and many people may forget that in 2019 when Tiger did win the Masters, Patrick Cantley very, 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 very briefly held the lead on Sunday afternoon on that star-studded leaderboard. So Patrick Cantley, a third-place finish at the Genesis Invitational. Next up, Will Zalatoris, who missed four months of time or so dealing with a, a back injury, and he's now to make a bit of a swing change. But Zalatoris, a Sunday 7-under, 64, finishing in solo fourth. Let's hear from Will Zalatoris. Anytime he shoots 64 on Sunday, obviously it's nice to uh, nice to see. But I thought yesterday actually was kind of a kind of what me and my team were saying was kind of step two of 10 in the recovery process. And so we're we're getting close. Um, you know, it really was nice to see you know some good putts go in today. Um, you know, overall drove it amazing this week, which is really kind of the the big thing coming back from injury to see. Um, so overall, you know, nice to make eight birdies on Sunday. Anytime I do that, no matter what, I'm obviously very happy. Good to see Zalatoris back healthy and playing good golf. And the, the stat that a lot of people look at is his putting. Because when he gets inside four or five feet, his, his stroke is unconventional. Some some would argue, so some would say it doesn't look the prettiest at times, but I mean, he was 24th in the field in strokes gain putting. And Bob, it's, it's good to see one of the young stars in the game who won late last summer for the first time on the PGA Tour, uh, now healthy. And this is a guy, too, who's had a ton of success at major championships already. A pair of runner-up finishes in 2022. You'd think the sky's the limit for Zalatoris when it comes to the majors now in 2023. Yeah, I think he's learning how to play with his new swing a little bit. I think he's got the uh, uh, the prevent defense, and when it comes to um, not hurting his back when he's doing that, I, I I think he's he's a really fun guy to watch. I think he's just loves the game. Like I was saying before about Adam Svensson, he's another guy who just races to the next, wants to hit the next shot right away, and I think he's learning how to kind of manage things when he gets into contention and maybe doesn't have his best game. Doesn't have his best putting stroke. He's he's done a good job at that, and uh, and I think the maybe the layoff is something that'll give him a, gave him a chance to reflect a little bit on what he wants to do and how he wants to um, approach week 
every week when he gets out there. Um, he's a he's a bona fide star. I think you're going to see more from him as we get deeper into this season. And speaking of bona fide stars, Rory McIlroy, who has had a you know after a good start to the year, winning in Dubai and a wild week that was both on and off the golf course with T Gate. Now he's back here on the PGA Tour. A couple of call it mediocre finishes the WM Phoenix Open and then this past week a T29 for Rory. Do you think, Bob, that, you know, he's talk, he's spoken about, he's spoken a lot about things off the golf course. Do you wonder if it's fatigue? You wonder, I mean, I, I was standing there when he was having his pre-tournament avail on Wednesday morning in LA and someone asked him, you know, like, do you ever just get sick of talking about this stuff and you just want to talk about golf? And he said, yeah, I do. So you, you wonder <laughs> if, if Rory's getting maybe a little tired about talking about trying to stand up for the PGA tour on these designated events, stand up for the PGA tour, talking about it's about live. What have you seen from Rory in the past couple of weeks that, you know, it's been pretty, pretty mediocre for his standards. Uh, on the golf course, his putting has been horrendous and it was it certainly was last week. It was, I think he lost almost uh, four and uh, almost five strokes, 4.785 strokes gain negative uh, to the field. I mean, it was, and it was frustrating. I mean, you could see that as it, as it has in the past. Off the golf course, I think that he is learning, and, and this is nothing new for him, but it's probably accentuated a little bit this year. As you suggested, he is sort of the go-to guy. He knows that he is going to talk after almost every round, good or bad. He knows that he's going to be in the interview room every week at the start to be one of the guys to the chat. And, and you wonder if that part of the outside of the rope stuff is starting to wear and tear on him a little bit. And it's not just answering the question about Liv and the PGA Tour, it's answering questions about his game, about how good it is, how bad it is, whatever it might be, but you gotta be there every single week. So I think there's a lot that goes on in, uh, in Rory's uh, life when he's at the golf course and to manage all that might be starting to take a little bit of a toll at certain times. It certainly was a, boy, a mediocre, um, performance for him last week it was it was just uh just sad to kind of watch that putter go off the rails because he had been putting so well he really had and it was you know subtle breaks where he just wasn't seeing them or there was a couple of examples where you know it was three putting from within four feet on the 11th hole the par five and saturday's third round was a big example of that going for the green and two comes up just short his chip lips out goes five feet by leaves the green with a six a bogey a three putt but uh, on, on a bit of a lighter uh side of things on he was asked after the thursday's first round how tiger was hitting it by him a couple times and rory said well i decided to loft up a little bit for a little more control so what does rory do bob he switches his driver head, goes to the Stealth 2, and there were some moments on in Friday's second round where Tiger hit one out there 364, and which is incredible. It got about 60, 70 yards of roll. Rory saw this, and you could tell he, you know, he wasn't quite doing the Bryson circa 2020. Let's do seven practice wings at full full tilt. But there was some recoil recoil involved, and Rory hit it out there 383. So I, I think I think Rory enjoyed the challenge of actually playing with Tiger, just from a lighter side of things. To see you know Rory show that personality is it was pretty fun, wasn't it? I thought those three guys had it looked like uh, you and me and Mark playing around. You know, you're laughing, you're joking, you're smiling, um, you're you're 
sticking the needle in the other guy and then you know you're as you said you're trying to hit the by the other guy and I just thought those guys had so much fun and interacted with the crowd a lot that's one thing about Tiger that I didn't mention before is how much he was interacting with the crowd like signing a glove and giving it to the girl and checking off that yeah. sign that she had and giving a little nod to the boys dressed up like Tigers I mean that was that was pretty cool but uh but yeah for for Rory I think and Justin and, and Tiger that was a really fun two days and it's the same thing when you Mark and I play three rounds under par. Gross, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of smiles. Yeah. Maybe if we were, the three of us were playing a scramble together. Well, Mark's, Mark's often under par, but he's so much fun to watch. Anyway, but Rory McIlroy, not his best stuff this past week. A T29 struggled on the greens mightily. On the other side, speaking of Rory McIlroy, he's a member of Team TaylorMade. And coming up next, we're going to hear from Matt Bovey, who's in charge of all things irons with TaylorMade. We'll discuss the Stealth and Stealth HD irons on the game improvement side of things. We'll discuss that much more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Scully and Weeks here. Well, you noticed a couple weeks ago on our social media feeds that we were in San Diego, shaping our tailor-made product special. Well, that special is airing this week. Wednesday, TSN 3 and 5 at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can see our tailor-made product special, where we'll take a look at the entire 2023 tailor-made product line, including the, the tailor-made Stealth and Stealth HD irons, which are the game improvement irons. Lots of forgiveness within these irons for any player who doesn't quite at the middle of the club face very often, which is a lot of us. So for much more on this new product, what you can expect when you want to go out and try these new irons, I had a chance to catch up with Matt Bovey from TaylorMade. Okay, Matt, on the game improvement side of things for 2023, we have the Stealth and the Stealth HD. Now, the Stealth are coming from 2022. What, for those who maybe aren't familiar with the Stealth iron, give us some of the technology main points behind this iron. Oh, sure. Love to. There is a lot of technology built into the Stealth game improvement iron here. First and foremost, this has the cat back design with toe wrap on there that allows us to really create sort of a hollow body space inside, meaning that face is going to be as fast and as flexible as possible, which is so important for players and amateurs because flexibility is what equals ball speed and forgiveness. And really, that's what this category is all about. We want to make the game as easy as possible and make those miss hits as best as we possibly can. Now, inside that cat back design, you have an echo damping system in there that's going to really damp out those vibrations very quickly and give you a solid feel it's got a forged iron like feel even though it has an incredibly fast face and of course the speed pocket on the bottom allows us to expand that sweet spot low on the face because think about it when you miss an iron shot where do you miss it a couple grooves low hit it a little thin is definitely the most common so we want to expand that sweet spot as far as we can a lot of technology built into stealth and now for 2023 it's got you know a little brother to come along for a completely different type of player 
Okay, you mentioned that little brother, and that is the Stealth HD. Uh, what were some of the main reasons that you know you, you, you took what you had from Stealth and, and thought, hey, let's expand on that and make Stealth HD? Well, with Stealth HD, we really set out to service a different type of player that we don't necessarily have the best solution for today. And what I mean by that is, look, we wake up every single day to design the best possible products for players of all skill levels. And there's players out there that, you know, with slower swing speeds that, or just have trouble getting the ball in the air, and there's a different type of solution for that player, and we wanted to go find that. And we wanted to really reinvent the way that we approach product development, product design, work with that player directly to create the all-new Stealth HD to really help that player find as much success as possible more often. Okay, so Stealth HD, what does HD stand for? HD stands for high draw. And talking with this player, what we found that any shot that was really deemed a success was a ball that you know got nicely up in the air. We all like to launch that ball high. And of course, really want to minimize that common miss to the right if you're right-handed, right? That fade or that slice. So we imparted draw spin on the ball. And this club and all the performance built into this is designed to launch the ball in the air and create that draw spin. And one of the major things when a, hitting the product, and B, seeing the product is the unique head shape and head sizing. What can you tell us about that? So again, unique aspects here in performance and shaping to really drive that higher launching and draw bias nature. What you'll see here is a little bit more shallow face in the HD product, and what that allows us to do is drive that center of gravity low. Now with the low center of gravity, we have to have a place to put all that mass, so you will see a little bit wider sole here. And again, getting that center of gravity down helps you launch the ball that much higher. Um, now, working with this player directly, what we found was that this player actually wants to see a little bit wider sole. It's more forgiving. Again, it really gives you that visual confidence of, I'm going to be able to launch this up in the air. And then in the playing position, however, we managed all those proportions to make sure this iron's still very clean looking because we don't want something that looks chunky or visually obtrusive. So again, very clean look at a dress, even though you have all of this going on from a performance perspective. And of course, we are firm believers that regardless of where you are in the player spectrum, you want an iron that looks good in the bag. And this certainly ha has a beautiful look to it, fits in nicely with that Stealth family, a little bit of carbon technology there, has the cap-back design. Again, all the technology we talked about with Stealth, a speed pocket, the echo damping system, again, that cap-back design allowing that face to move fast and freely, all built into HD to design to launch that ball in the air repeatedly. You mentioned launching it in the air, so these irons, A, have higher lofts, correct? That's correct. So, again, when it comes to slower swing speeds, you commonly need less loft, weaker lofts, uh, to launch the ball in the air because you don't generate as much backspin and as much launch because your swing speed is slower. So you need a different loft. Loft is so important for every player, and that's why we insist people go get fit regardless of your skill level. And that's where this is built into a weaker loft than stealth. So it's going to launch the ball higher because of that weaker loft. Okay, so, Matt, the summary that I'm seeing from this is that all this technology packed and will help the consistency of players, all, all amateur players, all of the higher handicap players in the game improvement side of things, correct? Yep, that's exactly what it's designed to do. And, you know, the consistency piece, when we talk about the ability to launch the ball in the air consistently, um, that means it's going to be a more forgiving type of flight, and you're going to hit your carry distance number more often. And carry distance when it comes to irons, specifically irons where you're trying to hit the green, hold the green, it's the carry distance that you care the most about. You know, hitting it 150 yards doesn't matter if you run it up for 30 of those yards. You got bunkers, you got lakes to try to navigate. You want to carry that bar ball as far as possible, and the HD iron and this really this um, technology package allows you to do that. And to wrap things up, there's also a Stealth HD women's version. 
Of course, both Stealth and Stealth HD are available in ladies' builds. That's going to come with a different shaft, a little bit lighter, a little bit higher launching, different grip as well. Um, so again, the options are the name of the game. Go uh, try them out, get fit regardless, and find out what loft and what head package works best for you. So many options on the game improvement side of things as well for Irons and TaylorMade in 2023. Matt, thanks for your time. Always. As always, thanks for Matt for his time there. You probably heard a couple of golf balls being hit in the background near the end of that interview. That was actually Mark and Bob. I think they were on about hour three at that point of just putting in work, grinding on that tailor-made range. And hey, you guys won that, the, the match that day. So I, I guess hard work pays off, right? Uh, yes, at, uh, I'd like to say that uh, that was the only thing that fixed my swing was a good three-hour range session out there but because it wasn't too pretty the day before, so we needed that one. But it was all good, That's... all fun, and uh, uh, I am a stealth iron player. I don't have the new ones I'm using. I'm going to keep my ones from last year, which you can still get, and uh, I love them. They're great for me. There you go. There you go. They are the iron that Bob Weeks has in his bag. And again, our TaylorMade product special, our season debut on Golf Talk Canada, Wednesday, 1 p.m. TSN 3 and five on the other side it's our favorite time of the show it is winners weird and what this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by cobble beach georgian bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community this is golf talk canada presented by picton mahoney asset management this segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, it's our favorite time of the show. It is winners, weird, and what lots of crazy, bizarre stuff going on, both on and off the golf course throughout the week that was. This week, Bob, you have the tee. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, Adam. Well, my winner this week is uh, a legend in his own right. 65 years old, Bernard Longer. And the guy wins for the 45th time on the PGA Tour Champions. That ties him with Hale Irwin for the most victories on that circuit. And no, no uh, offense to Hale, but uh, it was, I think it's a little tougher to win now on the PGA Tour Champions than it was back in those days. But that's an unbelievable mark he's 65 years old he's giving up 15 years to the uh, newcomers on that tour and he's still able this is a guy by the way who is absolutely super fit rarely uh, rarely veers off and has like a chocolate donut <laughs> or, or misses a workout he eats properly he looks after his body properly and obviously it's uh, it's paying dividends he's a super nice guy and I don't know that's 45 wins on that tour that's something else isn't it that's some work ethic too, because like you mentioned, these guys who are coming up and you know joining the tour when they're 50 years old, like they're they're there to play, they're there to go out and enjoy and you know try to go out and, and win. I mean, a lot of people probably 
earlier had the opinion that PGA Tour champions was just, you know, a hit and giggle. You go out there and have some fun. But no, these guys grind on the range hard. And for Bernard Langer to grind the way he has both on and more importantly for him, very likely off the golf course to keep his body in the shape that it is, his disciplined diet, good for him. He has great discipline. That's, uh, that's something else. All right, have you ever thought, Adam, about um, how many golf balls might be in a pond at your golf course? Like, have you ever uh, wondered? A lot so of them are for me. Yeah. Yeah, but. I know. It's sort of it's sort of odd. Like we have the second hole at Weston is famous as a big pond in there, but I've never thought about what it would be like if you had some way of getting them all out of there. Well, there's a golf course in the states where this did happen, and the golf course actually isn't named, but it's a, a post from Caddy Network. <laughs> excuse me and they uh drained a pond in a uh, redesign process and they have a picture of the golf balls that they pulled out of this pond it's been estimated that there are 23,000 golf balls in what? this pond i don't know how old the golf course is i don't know you know how long this pond's been around but the picture itself go to at caddy network on twitter it is unbelievable to see the number of golf balls in all shapes and sizes and all kind of condition as well now the, the course says they are going to take the you're going to sort through get the uh, the ones that are really good sell them and give the money to charity which i thought was a really nice task but i i can't imagine twenty three thousand golf balls i guess it just adds up over time i guess so yeah that's amazing to think uh, that many and i mean if you're looking i wonder like you mentioned how long they were in there and you know if they hadn't been there too too long maybe they're not so waterlogged but if they were i mean i'd be curious to see what kind of ball flight you get off those balls that that were in the water for years on end it's really something uh the other the other uh news for me for my for my what is something that augusta national had success with a couple of years ago and they're bringing it back if you can't go to the masters you can dine like you are at the Masters, because now there is a home delivery food kit. Now, they started this actually in 2019, a home delivery Masters food kit. And it has, I tell you, it's got everything you need from, uh, from the Masters. If you, uh, if you have been there, you know that the one of the most popular, the two most popular sandwiches for whatever reasons, I don't know. I, I know that for me, the egg salad is the most. But so you, they give you a little tub of egg salad. They give you a tub of uh, pimento cheese, they give you pork barbecue, they give you plain potato chips and barbecue chips, they give you 12 of the famous cookies, they even give you 25, a sleeve of Masters branded souvenir cups. There's even wax paper, there's coasters, Uh, they have this thing called the hosting kit material, I'm not quite sure what that is, but they do say that there's no bread or buns, so you have to find your own bread to make your own sandwiches. Would you partake in this, Adam, if I told you that the cost for this is $175 U.S.? Uh, <laughs> it's a little steep for me, maybe. <laughs> it's a little steep, but I, I, maybe. I mean, oh, that's tough. I, I, yeah, you know what? To say, to say I would, I mean, I'd, I'd uh, put some of the, the glasses and my, my bar card over here to, to help uh, you know, fill it out a little bit. But I remember last year you and uh, GD Graham Dillette had a uh, egg salad sandwich uh, contest, and yep. I, I know you were feeling great after having about a thousand of them after uh, the entire week at Augusta National. Do you remember how many you actually had? I think it was 13, maybe, oh maybe God. more than that. I can't remember. I think, I think t- it started two years ago, and Graham won two years ago, hands down. He went past me, 
And then I, uh, I, I think I got them last year. And we, what we do is we take the wrappers and we stick them up in the little office we have on the bulletin board. Oh That's the way we keep count. <laughs> and, and they're pretty good. I could, I could eat, I probably could eat one of those right now. I'm so hungry. But anyway, right now, Adam, the tea is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. Now I got egg salad on the brain. Okay, might have to make one after after the show here. Anyways, okay, my winner this week goes to someone who is probably kind of a Netflix star now, and that is Mr. Gino Benelli, who is Joel Damon's caddy. Now I'm not going to spoil too much of the PGA Tour Netflix series if you haven't seen it, those listening. All eight episodes are available on Netflix, full swing. But Gino Benelli had a tweet. He is Joel Damon's caddy. He tweeted out after one of the rounds this past week at the Genesis Invitational. Joel Damon, second round, hole 18. And I'm quoting him here. Thank you for not always wanting to shake my hand after the round. I'm with you seven hours a day. The last thing I need is for you to touch me when we're done. I mean, for these guys who, as we found out, you know, are the best of friends and, and, and have been, you know, spent so much time together, these, these are two of the great personalities in the game of golf, Bob. They are. And uh, as you said, they've known each other, I think, since they were like six years old. And they have just a great relationship, which no doubt, in my mind, actually helps, uh, helps him play better golf, helps Joel play better golf. You can rely on your caddy. You know who it is. It's a good friend. Always someone who was there. So... Um, I'd love it. And if that's, that's probably, I haven't watched all the episodes yet, but that's so far, that's my favorite episode. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm six episodes in, uh, I'm sure at some point we'll, we'll have a full debrief. Um, I actually had the chance to meet Chad Mum, the executive producer who we had on our show. That would have been last Monday at this time. Uh, we did a remote interview and I, I saw him in person at Riviera. So I had a chance to chat with him a little bit, which is pretty cool, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. We'll have a full recap on an upcoming edition of GTC. Okay, my weird this week. This goes to the minor league tour where Cameron Starr had one of the craziest scorecards you will probably ever see. And this is, he's a pro. And, you know, he's playing five five holes into his round. He starts bogey. Not great. Triple. Okay. Not, things are really going off the rails. Now, double. Okay. Another bogey. And then a quad. So through... Five holes, he's sitting at 11 over par. So at that point, you might think, maybe I pack it in, maybe I hit the drink cart, maybe I do something. But what does he do from there? The rest of the way, he only makes one bogey and makes six birdies and an eagle to shoot 75. In my mind, Bob, that's one of the most impressive rounds of 75 we will probably ever see to be 11 over through five holes and come back the way he did. 75, Bob, I, I doubt you've been 11 over through five holes very much in your oh, career. Yeah, you want to bet. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, the way to bounce back this way, that's, that's some pretty impressive stuff. If I was 11 over after five holes, I'd be uh, walking in after the sixth hole, which brings my course back to the clubhouse probably. Perfect. Uh, it is amazing. I wonder if something clicked. Like, did he find something, or did he just just all of a sudden uh, start making birdies? I don't know. That's an absolutely bizarre scorecard. It really is. Uh, I mean, good for this Mr. Star to bounce back the way he did. Okay, my what this week? What was up with the pace of play? The first two rounds of the Genesis Invitational. Both rounds, 
The Thursday round couldn't quite get done. It was delayed for due to darkness. And then for Friday's second round, many groups had five, six holes remaining. And I mean, obviously there's a a split T start for the first two rounds, one and 10. And 10, we mentioned it in the last hour, one of the most famous short par fours in the world. But the way they were doing it is they're waving groups up, trying to speed up play. But because, you know, the hole can have some carnage because it's just a hard hole. You wonder, Bob, if it would have made more sense to have a split T start like they did at St. George's, I believe, this past year, where you go one and nine or one and eleven. Is that maybe a solution for Riviera here going forward? Because the rounds were painfully slow. I think that hole is just going to be slow no matter what you do in the tenth hole. You're going to always almost have a backup there. You see it a lot on the PGA Tour when you have drivable par fours. Um, they don't always do the call up thing or whatever, but there's some, and there's somewhere three players in the group, two, two will, uh, will, you know, can't get there, but the fourth guy or the third guy, I should say, can, and so that delays things. I don't know. The, they, the pace of play on the PGA Tour is, is it's always slow and doesn't seem to be getting much better. No, it doesn't, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one, of the, one of the issues in, in the game of golf right now is pace of play, but, yeah, this past week at Riviera, it was slow for the first two rounds, to put it kindly. On the other side, we'll recap everything going on in the world of golf and preview our Wednesday show because Brooke Henderson, she's coming back and it's going to be a good time for Brooke Henderson, of course, coming off a victory in her first start of the season. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 Fit, while the Spike More Traction System will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up this edition of GTC. Before we go, time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in golf. Visit bushnellgolf.com. On PJ Tour Champions, Bernhard Langer gets it done yet again. A one or three shot victory over Steve Stricker, Padraig Harrington. Uh, Stephen Ames had a victory there a couple, uh, on the PJ Tour Champions a couple weeks ago. He was not in the field. Mike Weir finishing T55 on the PGA Tour. John Rahm in the winner's circle yet again. A two shot victory over Max Homa. Patrick Cantley finishing in third. Will Zalatoris in fourth. Adam Svensson, your top Canadian, finishing tie for ninth. And speaking of Canadians, guess who's back this week? Brooke Henderson, the LPGA Tour after about a month off, Bob. They're, they're back yeah, this week. Yeah, I think, I think it's just a month, exactly a month. They're over in uh, Thailand. They're going to have a first part of the Asian swing over there. So she, uh, she usually plays two or three of those events, doesn't play them all. But uh, we'll see if she can pick up where she left off as a winner of the, the only event so far this season. You've got to think that Brooke was wishing the LPGA Tour schedule was 
a little more consistent out of the gates, given the way she played, given the brand new set of clubs. And she, you know, had the tailor made golf ball last year, of course, has it in play again, just to keep that momentum going because to, to win the way she did in her season opening start, the sky's the limit for Brooke in 2023. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, she's, uh, she certainly proved that in that opening tournament. I mean, she was just playing on uh, such a great game of golf. And it's, it's obviously, as we were talking about with John Rahm, it's hard to keep that going, but maybe she's going to do what John did at the start of the season for him. Maybe she'll turn it on on the LPGA Tour and win two or three times before, uh, before they get to their first major, which is the week after the Masters, I believe. Yeah, and, you know, good for Brooke Henderson. We'll have a full preview of Brooke Henderson Wednesday at 10 a.m. on TSN 1050, where we'll also preview the Honda Classic, where... The strength of field is not quite what we've been seeing the past couple of weeks, but that just creates more opportunity, more storylines for us to dive deep into. Of course, our Wednesday show will also include a ton of TSN Edge fantasy talk. We'll talk the Canadians in the field. We'll talk some of the favorites in the field who probably wouldn't generally be the favorites in, in a designated event event for sure, but we'll take a deep dive in the odds, what you can expect. We'll also on our, our Wednesday show, we'll play one of the interviews that I did last week in LA at the Adidas Global Launch, very likely with uh, Mason Dennison, who is in charge of all things footwear. And he also was uh, in the PGA Tour Netflix series in one of the episodes where uh, Colin Morikawa and he was focused on and uh, there were, we had a lot of fun with that in LA talking about him being in that episode and uh, he was getting some of some of the limelight there uh, which was uh, pretty cool now Bob I should also mention too that while I was at Riviera last Wednesday I did see the Netflix cameras out and about again so from what it looks like it appears that Season two, a full swing, will be a legitimate thing. Yeah, they're uh, they're out there apparently filming it all and uh, getting ready for another one. It's been I don't know what the I don't know the feedback of what I've heard. <coughs> excuse me on it has been it's um it's been pretty good. I think most people like it. I had um, a talk with somebody yesterday who's not necessarily a hardcore golf fan, but a but a sort of a fan of sports, and they they learned a lot. They said they didn't know. A lot of things about, uh, particularly, he was talking about Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth in the first episode. So I think there's uh, there's a lot of good good coming out of it, and I think that's what the PGA Tour was hoping would would happen. And so far, so good. I agree. I, I've I've spoken to a lot of people. Now, I, I like I mentioned, I haven't finished the, the whole thing yet, but I've spoken to a lot of people who might just be the, your casual sports fan, and they've they've really enjoyed it. They've really enjoyed the perspective of. You know what these guys are like off the golf course in the locker rooms uh some interesting opinions on uh, brooks kepka for sure which uh, we'll dive deep let's take let's take some time in the next couple of weeks and really take a deep dive once hopefully everyone has seen the whole thing so we're not spoiling every anything for anyone but uh, yeah full swing available on netflix uh, go check it out they're all about 40 45 minutes long and they're they're really uh, great. Okay, the next time you'll hear us is right here on TSN 1050, 10 a.m. on Wednesday. And you can also watch us, TSN 3 and 5, Wednesday at 1 p.m. for our television debut, our tailor-made product special. That should be a fun one. Bob, thank you for this. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Yeah.
as always. Nick behind the scenes, thank you as well. It's been a fun one today. Happy family day, everyone. Go enjoy the day with your families, and we will be back Wednesday, 10 a.m., TSN 1050. Thank you for listening, and remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.